Rob, joining us in the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Rob, thanks for giving us a few minutes. How you doing tonight? Oh man, it's so good to be with you. Yeah, it's uh, I'm uh, I've been trekking across the country. It was in Fort Myers. Now I'm in Arizona and and got immersed in the in the Shohei Itani uh, <laughs> got married chaos today. So. It's it, talking about stuff not being boring. It definitely was not boring today. You know, it's so odd because we just don't know much about Otani's personal life. And I feel like that, that happens with baseball players. Baseball is my favorite sport. I need to put that out there so you know that I'm like a baseball guy as well. But I, I, I feel like I feel like Mike Trout, we didn't know anything about him except that he was like an Eagles fan. You know, I, I, I just for some reason, <laughs> baseball and I think the Netflix show is going to be great for trying to get some of this stuff uh, figured out where we learn about the personality side of things. But it's odd that Otani is as big of a star as he is, and we're running into the, some of the same issues. It's like, wait, he got he got married, and nobody even knew he was dating anybody. <laughs> I know, it, and it was it was just pure, like I said, it was pure chaos, because the, obviously they have a ton of Japanese media there. And then I walked into that clubhouse today, and I was like, wait a second, this seems like three times what I saw two days ago, and it was all because of the announcement on Instagram. And, they, and I asked some of the Japanese writers, and like, they didn't have any idea this was coming. Um, a lot of people didn't even know that he had a girlfriend. It was it was this crazy. And to your point, I think it's a great point by you, which is this is what they're catching up on. Baseball's trying to catch up on this stuff because I think that baseball players had been so protective of their brands, of how they get the information out. I mean, you remember, it was Players' Tribune. That was it. And now, okay, you know, we're going to be a little bit more open with Instagram. But to compare it to some of these other sports, we don't know a fraction of what we do with, with terms of baseball compared to basketball and football. So, I mean, we're getting there, and that's what we're here for. But but I, you're right on the money with that stuff. Yeah, I know what backup guards on the Lakers. I know who they're dating. <laughs> I, I know the, I know their favorite uh, childhood memory. Like, I mean, it's, it's weird the things we know about some of those guys. And in baseball, it's just not the same case. You know, but I knew Otani was onto something special. I remember a year ago. About a year ago uh, at this time, and I, I remember seeing just a video of one of the buses around the Angels leaving and getting ready to leave and Otani coming oh, on yeah. it. And, and, and just, there, there's just there were girls just crying outside the bus and just trying to get a, a, just a peek of them. And I'm like, oh, okay, they're, they're on to something different here with Otani. Yeah, and I remember exactly what you're talking about. I think it was outside Fenway Park. And, and, and you know, what's bizarre being around camp for a couple times the last few days is that you have this other guy, Yamamoto, who is who should be the be-all, end-all. He is 25 years old, is perceived as the next great pitcher in Major League Baseball, all of it. His locker is basically right next to a ton of it. You can see it today where you have this mass of media just hovering around Otani, and Yamamoto is like it might as well have been a backup second base <laughs> there. It's, it's crazy. And, and it's funny because somebody asked me today about I covered the Daisuke Matsuzaka when he mm-hmm. signed with the Red Sox back in 2007. How does this compare? I still say Matsuzaka was bigger because I think there was more of a mystery to him. There wasn't the social media. There, was, there wasn't the we know everything about him. Um, but, but, you know, in terms of the, the modern day, there's, it's Otani and everybody else. So, yeah, it's, it's been fascinating. All right, before we get to the Guardians, i got to ask you, because I can tell I like you already. I know you're, you're, you're just speaking baseball. Like, you're my guy here. Um, how did you did, – did you come up with the baseball isn't boring name, or did they come up with that for you? What was the hook there? I'm just curious. Radio guy to radio guy. I'm just curious how that, <laughs> how, how that one came to be. Yeah, I'll, I'll, try to, I'll try to cruise through it quick because it's sort of a long story. So, 
Back in January 2022, Joe Kelly, uh, who obviously pitches for the Dodgers now, was pitching for the White Sox then. I covered Joe. We wanted to do a book basically on this subject, baseball not being boring, using Joe's story as the backdrop, and him interviewing likes of Rob Lowe or Mark Hoppus of Blink-182 and all these different people. We wanted to do the book, but we needed to get a social media account going. We needed to get T-shirts going. So for about six months, we, we just did Baseball Isn't Boring, and we screamed <laughs> it from the mountaintops to kind of get this book deal, to be honest with you. And then we got the book deal. We wrote the book. It's called A Damn Near Perfect Game. I don't know why they changed the title. But they, <laughs> so, but, but, but it's still, we're really happy with how it came out. It came out about a year ago. Um, and then, you know, so we go through the year. And we have all, everybody holding up the T-shirts and, and, and coming and doing all this stuff. And we say, well, you know, the next step is a podcast. I mean, it's logical. So I had worked for WEI since 2008. And I just say, hey, listen, to Odyssey. I think that it's a good idea to utilize this this thing that we have going already. I can do it every single day. You know, I have plenty of people interview. Everyone likes talking about baseball. And so, you know, basically since October of 2022, uh, you know, we've been doing it every single day and and we haven't let up and and it's just it's just been a lot of fun because, you know, as you know, I, mean, I can you say you I can sense it with me. I can sense it with you. <laughs> You know that this is that there is plenty of stuff to talk about. Basically, McKenzie came on um, the the podcast last year, and I, I had such a fun conversation with him about which is the best scoring event to go to. Mm-hmm. Is it you know, and you can make a strong argument for baseball because it's you, you can actually talk during a baseball game. The only thing, and I think Tristan said this, is if you have front row seats at an NBA game, okay, I'll, I'll defer to that, <laughs> but but. But it's that type of thing, and, and I think players are pretty accepting of it. Sticks is great. We 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 love him. He's a, he's a little bit of a personality. I I, I on a podcast. <laughs> I mean, I got to go back and listen to that. That that's that sounds outstanding. Uh, all right, let me ask you about the Guardians before we get to your, your interview with Terry Francona, because there's a couple things I think are really interesting and stand out about this Guardians team. Uh, you mentioned McKenzie. Let's go there. McKenzie and Shane Bieber both went through injuries last year. I, I, are they putting too much, too many eggs in the, the pitching staff basket, so to speak? It feels like they're all in on the pitching staff being what kind of carries this Guardians team. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that that's your, I think you hit the nail on the head. You look at the, the position battles or the position uncertainty, and if you, if you go look at the Guardians and you say, and I, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but if you look at the Guardians and say, okay, what's this team look like? How does this team win? Well, it begins and ends with the starting rotation. Like there is, there isn't room much room for competition, and and you know that's not a terrible way to go, to be honest with you. Because if you don't have that, it can be very, very painful. I've seen a lot of teams not being able to function it because you might have a good offense, but you don't have good pitching. But you know what's interesting to me is is that when you look at I, listen, I am not I'm not beholden to fan graphs. I, mm-hmm. Last year it was uh, everyone was like, oh, look at the percentages of what chances they have going through the year. I think it's a fun thing to do. But I looked it up the other day about and, and the Guardians are only a game and a half wins behind the team that won the World Series last year. And you know the Rangers are no slouch. I mean they got. They got White Langford, and they got they got other kids coming up along with what they already had. So that tells you that you know, the people believe that the Guardians will be okay. But one way or the other, they believe the Guardians will be okay, and I think in large part 
because if you are going to have any doubt, if you're going to have some sort of certainty, you, you want it to be in the starting rotation. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned fan graphs because you know, we have Dave Zimborski on the show here, the, the creator of the Zips, and, and he does all the Zips projections at fan graphs. And, and he was telling me, he's like, you, you know, you can see it. He's like, they, they just, for whatever reason, his projections love this Guardians team. And I, I, I look at Vegas, and Vegas does not love this Guardians team, right? They have them third in the central yeah. behind the Tigers. And I, mean, I guess I'd ask you this, Rob, like where, what's, what, what's the disparity in your mind there between Zips, the analytical side of things, loving this Guardians team and what they can be, and then Vegas being more practical about maybe what this Guardians team can be? I think that, you know, it goes back to this division and, and, and how all over the place it is. And, and you can say, okay, you make a case for every single team in the division in, in, in a very flawed way. I mean, I would have been over at the twin camp, like, oh, this, this, I mean, they've lost this guy, that guy, and they're still projected at the top. You know, Kansas City had some guys, but they're Kansas City. You know, it's, it's the White Sox, sure, they, you know, they, they basically took a fire hose to that, that clubhouse, and, and maybe it'll be better because of it. I don't know. But, but it's just – it's one of these things where, to me, with the Guardians, how people view it – I'm not even going to talk about the analytics and the Zips stuff, but it, it really comes down to, do you think that Terry Francona, whatever he did, is going to carry over to Stephen Vogt? Like, is, is this going to be the same gritty-gutty, uh, we're going to overachieve type of team? And I know that that's not – uh, this isn't based in science. It's not based in analytics. But I think in baseball, when they talk about the Guardians, I think it begins and ends there. And and right now, I don't know how we can ever have an answer for that. Oh, well, that's tough because I was going to ask you, what do you think then? <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah, no, and- no, no, I don't. I mean, I think I think that I, I like I you know <laughs> I, I I've liked managers who've gotten hired before and haven't haven't worked out. Um, I like the idea of. Of Steven. Like, I like the idea of what he's bringing and what he's doing and everything else. I, I just know this is that Terry Francona is just, was such a special guy in, in not only in terms of what he's accomplished, but also how he evolved. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. You look at his, his coaching staff over the last few years, it was the same coaching staff he's had for years. It's, it's older guys, and but yet, it, why everyone's telling us that you have to have a manager who can relate to the younger guys. Well, he, he knew what was important and what wasn't important. If you go back to look at the, the finalists in the playoffs, it, almost all those managers are 60 or over. And I'm not saying that, that the younger managers can't succeed, but there, there is an element of understanding what's important and what's not important. And I think Tara Francona was a master at that. Rob Bradford, baseball isn't boring. Joining us here on ninety-two-three, the fan. All right, so you said you've been to the different camps. Did you go to the Guardians camp yet, or no? I have not been. I'm going over there tomorrow. So tomorrow. Uh, yes, it, 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 the Arizona thing is weird to me. I just I, I, so I have been based, as you mentioned. You know, I cover the Red Sox uh, a lot. I have for a long time, and I'm based there in Fort Myers, in Florida. And I had never, up until last year, I'd never experienced the Arizona thing. Mm-hmm. And then I got here. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is awesome. <laughs> you know, it's 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 your basically. You know, I go to the Dodgers in in the morning, and then 20 minutes later, I'm in the Padres, and then 20 minutes later, I'm in the Diamondbacks, and 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 it's it's just whereas Florida, you have to drive an hour and a half to find the next team. It, so I uh, 
so the the Guardians are are next up on the list. All right, let me ask you, just from outside perspective, looking in, but obviously a big baseball fan, big baseball uh, enthusiast. Uh, what should draw fans in locally to the uh, Guardians team this year that uh, outside of Zips doesn't have the highest projections? Well, I think it's, it's what we talked about. I think it's it's the the unknown and the idea that you have first of all you have good young players. I mean, any team with good young players, like that's what should draw people to them. Uh, to a team, and when those and when that happens, and when you do overachieve even a little bit, then you get some attention. So I, I think as long as you know, I don't want to see them trade away these guys. I don't want to see them trade away Class A, and I don't want to mm-hmm. see them trade away Bieber. I don't want to see them trade away. I want to see them like, okay, make a run because you know what? One of the great things that has happened in baseball for the last couple of years is that you've had these teams, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Won what eighty four games? Eighty four, yeah. In eighty four games, I mean, we just did the the podcast we have coming out tomorrow morning was sit down with Mike Hayes and their GM, and and he said, and he's like, you know, what we yeah, we can tell the story about going the World Series, but we are still consumed with the fact we only won eighty four games. But I'll flip it the other way: the teams like that can go to the World Series, and that's where I think that the Guardians can say, hey, you listen. You know, we're in this division. We can win the division. When once we get into the into the playoffs, this is how it works. And I think that's the, one of the good things about baseball right now. Is it has offered hope for good, young, exciting teams. All right, let me give you a take before we get to Terry Francona. Uh, I think Bo Naylor is already a top ten catcher. Am I crazy? No, no, absolutely. You know, you know, for no other reason because the people are desperate for catching. I mean, t- top ten catcher, uh, you know, now compared to, I don't know, ten years ago, is might be a little bit different. But no, <laughs> I, I, I'm to- I'm totally with you. And and if, if you're going to have, we think about the things that we've talked about with the Guardians, right? Starting pitching, catcher, you know, you have, and then on the corners, you have obviously like really, really, really good players. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's a pretty good place to start. It's, and I know that I'm pumping up the Guardians. I'm not just pumping them up because <laughs> I'm talking to you. But, but I, I, you know, the only, the only thing is I'll say again is like I don't know what the dynamic will be, you know, and turned over the guy who has led them to, to all the success over the last few years. All right, we played a clip from your, your podcast, your interview with Terry Francona. I, I think, you know, we just, we've just known Tony, Terry for so many years, and obviously you knew him back in his time in Boston as well. Like, he's always he sounded very similar to the, the Tito we've always known, basically. Uh, <laughs> and, and I think it's a good thing, especially with the health problems last year. How did he come across to you in I you know Tito from then and to where he is now? Yeah, and I should give credit to Cordy Finnecum, who – stepped in for me and, and she she did an awesome job with it and but it it was I, I was I was really really proud of of how the the interview and the the job she did and, and what Terry Francona said and um because you know first of all like it's Terry Francona it's not like he's walking around and just doing a bunch of interviews and it was it's, for me it was just great hearing Terry Francona and the honesty and it was right out of the gate conversation it was hey, listen, this is why I'm not managing anymore. And one of the things he said was because I, I just can't, I just can't do all the little things. And, and this, this remind this, it reminds us of 
who have these older managers and, and they're winning, going to the World Series, going to the LCS. This is an exhausting thing. It's more exhausting than anything. And, and I think it is for Terry Francona, hear him talk about that and hear him honestly just get a chance to reflect and, and, and sit in his room and not have to stress out about all the things that you're stressing out about. To me, that's the overarching takeaway from this interview. Rob, fantastic insight. Uh, hopefully we can catch up with you in a little bit and we can kind of keep this thing going all throughout the season. Uh, I'll be I'll be listening. Baseball isn't boring. Uh, I've been I've been jonesing for a daily baseball podcast. So this is gonna this is gonna satisfy my needs. I appreciate the few minutes and uh, we'll catch up with you later. Thank you, Rob. It was great talking with you and the and the t shirts are on the way. Thanks so much. <laughs> I appreciate you. Thank you. Rob Bradford right there on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline.